0: Hey everyone, today we are doing a feed swap with our friend Jeff Stormer over at Party of One. That means that we are sharing an episode of Party of One on our feed, and Jeff is sharing an episode of My First Dungeon over on his. Party of One is an award-winning actual play podcast that focuses on two-player role-playing games. Over the past eight years, Jeff has made nearly 400 episodes and has played over 300 different TTRPGs. If there is a game you can think of, seriously, think of a game, chances are Jeff has played it one-on-one with a great guest. So if you're caught up on My First Dungeon and are looking for your next favorite actual play show, go check out Party of One.
1: Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Caro Assertion for a game of I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is a city building game for two or more players. Players take turns exploring a city block by block, location by location, neighborhood by neighborhood, along the way discovering the people and places that make it just so dang interesting and that call that city home. It is a beautiful and breathtaking world building game. It is legitimately, I do not say this lightly, legitimately one of my favorite games. It is an active and direct inspiration to me. More about that in the coming months. And I just, I I love it so much. And I can't wait for you to hear it and discover this game. Go buy the game and support it. It's, oh, I love it. You can pick up a copy of the game at seaxcursion.itch.io slash street magic. You will not regret it. Let's just put it like that. You can find more information about, I'm sorry, did you say street magic, as well as the rest of Caro's work in the show notes. Real quick before we dive in, a special thank you to Steph Beckfey, our newest backer on Patreon. Thank you so much. Um, thank you much, so much for supporting the games that I create and the podcasts and all this kind of cool stuff. Patreon backers get early access to episodes, raw audio of Party of One episodes, uh, the texts of games before they are released, as well as just like extra cool stuff that I make. You can find more information at patreon.com slash Jeff Stormer with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am super, super excited. Uh, this has been one that I've been looking forward to for a good long while now. Um, I am joined by Caro Assertion. Caro, thank you so much for coming on the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here.
1: I am so, so jazzed. I know we've been planning this episode for like a while and it's been, it's been just a matter of like finding the time for us to both sit down. And I'm like, I'm so, so jazzed about it because I don't know if you know this, but I really love the game that we're going
2: to be playing this week. I, I think I've seen you mention that. I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. Thank you so much. Uh, oh, of course. Um, real quick at the top of the show, why don't
1: you let our lovely listeners know the game that we are playing this week, as well as anything else you've got going on that you might want them to know about.
2: For sure, for sure. Um, as Jeff has said, my name is Karo Assertion. Uh, the game that we're playing today is one that I designed by the name of I'm Sorry, Did You Say Street Magic? It is roughly based off of Microscope by Ben Robbins, um, along with inspiration from, you know, various other sources. Um, as far as plugs go, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sea Excursion, spelled S-E-A Excursion. Uh, you can support my... Itch.io and Patreon, both also at Sea Excursion. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything I've got. Hell yeah. Um, Yeah,
1: I I, I have said it before and I'll say it again. This game absolutely positively rules. And we, 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 we played it on AMFC a while ago. And literally, like, Aaron was like, hey, I've got this game for us to play. And halfway through the episode, I was sitting with my head in my hands like, this is very good. So I'm pretty jazzed
2: hell yeah so let's
1: walk let us introduce i'm sorry did you say street magic great name First off, no worries, great I did. Name. <laughs> um okay i'm sorry did you say street magic is a game about building a city filling it with life and vivid detail exploring its hidden corners and meeting its strange and wondrous inhabitants it is designed to be played as a single session game it can be played uh, as an ongoing continuous game but we will be playing it as a in a single session um This is a game about making a city. Um, It is a city-building story game. We are going to take turns exploring our city. By the end of the game, we will have created a place that none of us could have imagined alone. Our agenda as players is to create a vibrant and multifaceted city, to fill that city with life and personality, and to expand on each other's ideas together. Unlike many tabletop games, I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic is played without a game master or facilitator? The game goes back and forth between phases of independent and collaborative action, At times, we will decide on certain aspects of the city as a group, but on our turn, each of us has complete control over what we add to the city.
2: Would you like to read the section on safety tools? I would be more than happy to read the section on safety tools. Uh, I'm sorry did you say street magic is designed for light and breezy gameplay, but, you know, much like exploring a city in real life, a game of street magic might end up wandering down strange paths or in unexpected directions, um, so, you know, we've got a couple of safety tools just to make sure that we're looking out for each other at the table. Mm-hmm. Um, there are rest stops, which is, you know, after a while we can always uh, step away from the table for a few minutes, use the break to stretch, catch our breath, get some water or snack if we need. Um, usually those tend to happen after each round of full play ends, uh, before the next one begins. Um, Along with that, we have holds, which are a tool we can use to address a, a concern in the moment. You know, rest stops can give us mm-hmm. a chance to catch our breath, but they can't always address things that come up in the middle of play. So at any point, if either of us is like, hey, I'm not sure exactly where this is going, we can just call for a hold and and talk through things as we go. Um, and lastly, we have lines and veils, which are, you know, just a chance to... to mitigate the the chance that we might have to call for a hold and and help us steer the direction that we're we're interested in uh telling the story lines are subjects that we don't want to appear in the game at all and veils are things that we can you know might come up but that we agree not to discuss in extensive detail um and we have talked about both our lines and veils uh off screen kind of before the show um and they're written down in the document yes we have them in front of us um and so with all of that, we
1: will go ahead and uh, start to build out our city. The first part of creating a city is establishing tone, uh, the color and texture of, of the setting that we're going to explore. The first thing we're going to do is uh, we're going to decide on a few adjectives to fill out the mood of our city. Uh, we should each pick at least one from the list below, but we don't have to limit ourselves to these options.
2: Um, one of the things that I like to do with two-player games when it's, you know, just two people playing is you pick an adjective and then I pick an adjective and then each of us picks a second adjective and we find what's kind of the average between those. I love that. That's really cool. Um, anything on this list or or anything in general really jumping out to you? You know, I've been...
1: Uh, uh, there's a few that really do jump out to me and the one that I really want to... Uh, throw out more than any of the others is I want to throw out crisp I think it's partially because we are recording this in autumn and partially because I've been watching this really this really fun show about a sleepy northwestern uh, pacific northwestern town that is haunted by a supernatural murder Um, just the idea of like a crisp sort of autumnal energy like feels very appealing to me about the town that we're exploring
2: i love that i love that um i'm more than happy to go with crisp um i think i will maybe complicate that by suggesting um bright Hmm. i think you know there's there's definitely different kinds of autumnal energy um you know you can have uh, and an autumn that's a little bit more muted, an autumn that's, you know, mm-hmm. very gray, very, very cool earth tones. But I'm also interested in, you know, very, very bright and, and very vivid colors. Um, and I, I think that's something that. yeah. I'm really interested in. Um, yeah. And that's a, that's
1: a big, that is, that is, you know, side note, that is a big, like that, that is to me is a big autumnal thing because I, I've always lived in areas with very like present seasons, and so that is a very good call out, because that is like when I picture cities in that kind of autumnal energy, that is really specifically what I'm seeing as well. So that's perfect.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: And then I guess for this third adjective, we should pick some things that we think are going to sort of pull us in, you know, in an in even third and, and different direction as well. Mm-hmm. Um any any thoughts hmm
1: I want to comp this this very kind of bright crisp energy the 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 other note that I really want to throw in there is I'm torn between two so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go with I've looked at them side by side and it might make me a parody of myself to go with the option that I'm going with but uh I'm gonna go with gritty I think I, I, you know what, I gotta uh, partially because you know I have much love for for my beautiful orange sun. but I'm gonna. <laughs> I think I because I, I was either gonna go with eerie or gritty, and I I feel like gritty I enjoy more in picturing this like bright autumnal city complicated by that other element, and that, and a grittiness feels more interesting and like uh, novel to me than than an eeriness does.
2: Yeah, that's really interesting because I was going to suggest um slick. And I you know what's the what's the the average between gritty and slick? It feels like those are, you know, diametrically opposed almost. Um but but you I think yeah, I really like this idea of um both both gritty and um and bright. I like those two adjectives uh in in conversation with crisp. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I'm more than happy to to go with those. Um, so our city is crisp, bright, and gritty. It's, I'm already excited about this. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh,
1: these are these are the words we're going to use to start a brief conversation about our city. We're going to come up with a big picture idea. Is it modern? Is it in the past? Is it a strange future? Are there ghosts, robots, talking animals? what What visual what visual and setting elements immediately come to mind uh, to you that really excite you when you when you picture a city that is kind of crisp, bright and gritty?
2: Yeah, um, I'm interested in a city that has has a greenery. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, especially if're we're, if we're thinking it's particularly autumnal, um, that greenery might not be green, it might be you know with the turn of the seasons changing in color but i i'm definitely interested in in genre tone at least in in something that has a bit of it doesn't necessarily have to be fully pastoral i think we can still have a an urban urban splash to it but something that you know isn't isn't so urban and so dense that it doesn't have space for um, greenery in that way. I, I
1: I I agree completely. And the the other the the other direction that I want pe- to run with with that is the the visual aesthetic that like really jumps out at me when I when I think about this this city is uh this op- this this visual of like there being an industrial element to it but being like alongside that greenery like that that kind of high contrast is very interesting to me that sort of like you know big big kind of big industrial almost brutalist like buildings surrounding or like interspersed or you know in unison with that that really lush autumnal greenery like feels like the aesthetic that i'm interested in
2: yeah i i like that um There's something really, really exciting about, um, the intersection of that, that space. Um, I mean, we, we are recording this in October and it'll, it'll be a while before it comes out, but, but do we want to go, do we want to lean into, um, you know, do ghosts exist? Is this like a, a, a little bit of a a spooky quality? I'm going back and forth on that exact
1: question and i think i'm gonna throw it to you which what what how do you feel which more excites you is is it is it something that is sort of more supernatural or more mundane like what 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 which possibility excites you which road do you want to travel down
2: i'm gonna do because they
1: both sound good to me
2: yeah yeah i'm gonna propose that um we find the The supernatural in the mundane, and the mundane in the supernatural. Um, Cool. You know, if ghosts exist, there there is a normality or a you know a a mundanity to their their presence. Um, You know, there might be literal street magic. um, Yeah. I I don't want to lean super heavily into um, an an urban fantasy that that paints you know fantastic. Um, I I
1: agree. I, I agree, and I think that's part of to me the that 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 grittiness that grit is this feeling of anything kind of anything is kind of tampered with that sense of the mundane, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it very much is uh ordinary or like uh procedural in in a very kind of specific way. I like that. I
2: really like that. <laughs>
1: And I like the, I like the, the, uh, I like the, the margins that that opens up for with like the, the, the supernatural or the fantastic within that. But I, I agree very much with what you were saying. Like it's, it's, it's sort of hidden
2: within that, that mundane, that mundane nature.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Um
2: Well, I feel like is there is there anything else that we want to to touch base on here before we jump into laying the foundations? I don't think so. Um, I think the only question that I'll have for you, and this might be
1: something that we kind of investigate and play a little bit, mm-hmm. is this is this closer to a modern city that has fantastical elements, like uh, a modern set city with with fantastical elements, or is this closer to a like fantasy city that feels modern does that make does that question make sense
2: yeah, I like that um that's that's a good distinction um i'm i mean we can we can certainly complicate and and explore this in play, but I think I'm leaning toward toward the former a little bit um, that's i was i was kind of feeling the same and I wanted to make sure we were on the same page
3: mm-hmm
2: mm-hmm um you know. Maybe phones exist, uh, maybe phone booths exist we'll we'll figure that out in play um yeah, 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 um, excellent, well, then I think we are ready to lay some foundations down, yeah, um, so if either of us uh sorry um yeah so so we start by. Asking, um, you know, who most recently rode public transit, and that person goes first. But I'm, I'm not sure if that is necessarily apt in in our current day and age. Um, do you do you have anything that that's jumping out to you, or do you want me to to lead on this one? Um, why don't you take the lead on this one? Sure, I would, I would be more than happy to. Um, so I'm going to. Before we before we really start exploring the city, we're we're going to add just a couple of you know cards to the table to to spark our imagination before we we really zero in and kind of explore it on a theme by theme basis. Um, mm-hmm. So to start, I am going to go to the section on exploring a neighborhood. Um, neighborhoods are kind of the broadest type of cards that we can play to build our city. Um, if we were playing in person, we would be writing all of our, our aspects of the city on, on different index cards. Um, we're just using a Google Doc for today. Um, but to explore a neighborhood, we're going to take a blank index card uh, and give it the following three key elements, which are a title, a reputation, and a true name. Um, so the title of a neighborhood is what the denizens of the city call it on you know, a daily basis. It could be named after local geography... The, the history of its residents, um, the types of business that are conducted there. Um, the reputation is just sort of the general vibe of the neighborhood. You know, is it really residential? Is it really commercial? Is mm-hmm. it really industrial? What do its residents think of themselves? What do other neighborhoods think of this one? Um, all of this is a conversation. Like, if you have questions as, as we're kind of talking it through, you're more than welcome to, to ask them. Um, what we say out loud is always more important than what we write down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then every neighborhood has a true name, which is kind of a magic all of its own. Um, and that's just sort of descriptive sensory images that paint a really clear idea of the neighborhood in our minds. Um, and those can be tactile details, but they can also just as easily be poetic or metaphorical or symbolic. Um. The true name elicits the, the idea or the personality. Um, sure. A neighborhood's reputation might be what people think of it, but its true name is what makes it truly unforgettable. Um, so to start, I'm going to introduce a neighborhood called the Rust District. Um, I think this neighborhood is predominantly built up around i think there are a lot of factories um this is Mm -hmm. is a industrial space um but i think that um it used to be a lot of factories and these days um a lot of them have either downsized or moved or closed um there are still factory there are still um spaces that are active um Mm -hmm. but alongside those those factories there are Residents and homes and, you know, storefronts and other spaces that have other communities that have moved into um, sort of the, the wreckage, not, not the wreckage, um, have moved into the, the structures that used to be industrial in that way. I think here's my here's a here's the question that I want to ask you as I kind of picture the
1: the aesthetics of the Rust District. Mm-hmm. These 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 buildings, these communities, these shops, these homes that have kind of moved into the uh, into sort of the um, the the spaces of the Rust District where these kind of uh, factories used to be. Are they? sort of literally, like, moving into the factories? Like, is it, like, what was, like, you on the outside looks like a factory, and then you kind of walk in, you see, you know, uh, like, doors and, and offices that have been converted into apartments? Or, like, have they kind of been, have some of those factories either been torn down or sectioned off and, like, rebuilt
2: as homes and shops and things? I think it's a little bit of a mix. I think there okay. are... um you know, there are definitely communities that have, um, moved into the, the architecture that's already there, moved into those spaces. And, um, I think it's certainly easier to, um, uh, move in and not necessarily renovate, uh, not necessarily tear these buildings down, but to, to transform them. Um, I think there, there are definitely, a, a handful of, spaces in in this neighborhood that have kind of seen that transformation um Mm. but i think it's 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 a mixture um but i think a lot of folks are more inclined to to build off of what is already there rather than to to demolish and and to recreate cool i love that i love that a lot and for its true name um for the 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 images that are really really jumping out to me um what i have are pumpkin patches and ivy in the brickwork and the the other true name that i'm giving it is um steam not smoke
1: yeah okay cool those those that those are very good and they give me a really clear picture of like that I, I, gives me a clear picture of what the true name is as well as what the rust district is so that's really
2: ec- those are excellent and i'm very excited mm-hmm. that's that's how true names go it it tells you exactly you know you go to a place it's it's true name tells you these are these are the things that um somebody's eye somebody's ear uh, might be drawn to awesome i love that that's fantastic All right, Um, so now it's your turn, and you can either add another neighborhood if you're so inclined, or uh, add a landmark to the Rust District. I'm going to add... I'm going to add another neighborhood.
1: I think the neighborhood that I'm going to add... Let's see if I
2: can think of the name... Um, You can always go out of order as well, if you have a reputation or a true name first. I'm going to go with the Hollowed Halls as the
1: name of the neighborhood. Um, This is specifically, um, I'm not sure if it's near the Rust District. It might be in an entirely different part of town, or I also kind of like it being very close and like that kind of very factory aesthetic bleeding between the two, but this is like, City Hall and the adjacent buildings are, like, a cluster of buildings. Mm. Or, actually, yeah, they're, like, a cluster of... They're, like, a cluster of buildings where... They're that kind of cluster of, like, official-looking buildings where they feel like they could be one building. Mm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, the reputation here is one of... Um, The history here is one of endless history and endless bureaucracy, right? Like it's these ancient buildings, these, these, these buildings that have been here for generations and generations and generations. And you can go back and look at the oldest photos and drawings of the city. And these buildings look as like, they look like they haven't been touched or expanded upon. And given how sort of incredibly entangled they are and incredibly kind of labyrinthine they are like it seems wild that no one has ever like worked on them and it it has that that feel when you look at a particular like cluster of buildings where it looks like they are it, it, they have that feel of that they could be moving or they could just be you know that big and old and intertwined
2: Hmm. i've got a i've got a question here Um, when you say that they're clustered, um, there, is there space between them? Are they, you know, literally a lot of buildings or it's like, okay, city hall is connected to these other buildings and you kind of come in and out, um, but they're all built out of the same foundation or, or is there space between them? Would you say?
1: I kind of envision them as... I think they might be one one building that looks and is probably like legally registered as seven Mm. in that, like there are walkways and tunnels and, you know, uh, like parking garages and sort of underground walkways. And there are spots where they are connected and like they've kind of always been connected, but they are like discrete buildings and like you you can look at one and be like this is city hall but Mm -hmm. you can see the like 16 points like especially if you're looking at a cross section that goes above and below ground like you can see like the 16 points where it connects to every other building in the hallowed halls
2: yeah it's it's the kind of place where you know you could you could enter in one building um and get you and you know spend your day doing your errands and and at the end of the day leave out of any of the other ones.
1: Yeah, and be and end up like six eight blocks away.
2: Mm-hmm. I love that. And so
1: the tr- and so the true name that I've written is uh, echoes ping ponging between stone walls and streets. Uh, sorry, be streets empty. Streets uh, and streets empty where they shouldn't be. It's it's this picture of. Um, you speak around the hollowed halls and because the buildings are so kind of intertwined and connected in these very strange ways, it like there is, there are echoes in the air, right? Like there are these, there are, you just, you hear the echoes, right? And they kind of like, they might, uh, echo in ways that completely don't make sense because they're bouncing off of walls that are in spots that are in no other spots in the city. Mm-hmm. And, because of all these hallways, like, you can walk the street among the hollowed halls, and there might just be no one. And it's that, that kind of eeriness of, like, there's so much stuff happening here, and they're so important. So to be alone in that space, or to look around and not see anyone, is, like, a profoundly, like, unnerving
2: experience. I love that. Well, we've, we've got two neighborhoods down. Um, just to lay a couple more cards on the table, uh we can maybe let's go around one more time and either we can add um, you know, another neighborhood or another landmark. Um Cool. I'm gonna introduce a landmark, and I think I'm gonna introduce a landmark in the hallowed halls. Cool. Um Landmarks are, you know, the second highest tier of card that we can play to build our city. Uh they have to be played within a pre-existing neighborhood. Um, and a neighborhood can contain, you know, any number of landmarks. So this one that I'm playing down isn't the only thing that exists in the hallowed halls.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, just like a neighborhood, each landmark should have a common name, like a title, that people call it in their day-to-day lives. Uh, the name of this landmark is the... The name of this landmark is the Providence Clock Tower Garden. Um, every landmark also needs an address... Uh, if it feels appropriate, you know, this could be a literal address, like what we decide to name our streets is, you know, going to tell us something about the city and about the world. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. but, but it could also be more poetic. Uh, you know, is it the heart of the neighborhood? Is it off the beaten path? Uh, is it is it several stories up? Is it below street level? And I think the the address for the province clock tower garden is um, I mean. It's it's a two part address, and the first part is you know in the shadow of Providence Clock Tower, mm-hmm. um, and the second part is two stories up. Uh, I think this is a garden that is built onto the roof of another building within Hallowed Halls. Um, I think it's a it's a um, it's it's one of those things where. You, you can't see it necessarily from ground level. Um, you know, you look at these these photos that you're you're saying about the Hallowed Halls, and it's, it's kind of eternal sameness. Um, mm-hmm. And there is that quality to it. Like, you look at Providence, you look at the, the clock tower, it's, it hasn't changed. Um, but if you, you know, see the city from a different angle, if you look at it uh, from a different perspective um this this garden that has grown up in in kind of its shadow has is is complicating that i think this is a a mm-hmm. space that is a little bit more recent um a little bit more modern um and it's a you know a little bit out of sight um just in that it it, it hasn't quite popped up uh hasn't hasn't doesn't show up in that way especially when you compare it to the the bureaucracy of of the halls at large um but it's but it's a little bit bustling it's a little bit thriving uh, I, uh, I, a question for you is it
1: open to the public
2: yes okay excellent um yeah that's that's very important this is it's it's a little bit closer to a park than a garden um but it's okay. it's a mixture of both yeah and for its true name, I'm gonna say um, and for its true name, you know, similar to a neighborhood, each landmark has its own true name. Um, but you know for a landmark, the the true name is an opportunity to ask, how is it in line with the the style of the neighborhood and how does it push against it? Um, what What is the same, what is different, and what what continues to make it truly unique? Uh, So for the true name for this garden, I'm going to say um, Novelty Amidst History and uh, Plenty of Benches. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a ton. Actually, I'm going to add one more true name, um, which is I think the the garden definitely changes with the seasons. So I think that um, the flowers... Um, it's, it's, you know, flowers on rotation.
3: Um,
2: love it. You know, I it, think. some people say, oh, the, the, the autumn is the best time to go, go and go and visit mm-hmm. the garden. And, and everybody has their own opinion on, you know, is it spring? Oh is yeah. Is it summer? Absolutely.
1: So I'm also going to make a landmark and I'm going to make it in the rust district. Um, I've thought a lot, something that like, I think every good like industrial district needs. This is the steam whistle cafe Mm. or no, the steam whistle diner. It's gotta be a diner. I'm at, I I grew up, I grew up in, I grew up in New Jersey. I have to have a diner. And I think that it's address here is around the corner. Of course. I think it is, it is a place that you can like it, it, among that kind of that kind of fantastical among the mundane is uh it's kind of always it it kind of is always around the corner whether that is because the the rust district is sort of like small and and grid like or it or it's something a little more like whimsical like it's the idea that like if you need if you need to hit the steam whistle diner and i think it is very much of a, a classic greasy spoon diner that like as the, the neighborhood transitioned out of being this very like industrial place where it was serving, uh, where it was serving, you know, factory workers who were, who were leaving like, and who were working the night shift or the second and third shift and were grabbing a quick meal before or after work. Mm -hmm. Like it has transitioned into just being a place, a place that everybody kind of goes to, to, to grab a bite. And I think the, uh, The true name is, the true name is, the true name is Eggs Your Way Bagels 50 Cents Extra. Because (laughs) you can pretty much, like, uh, you can pretty much ask for any kind of breakfast sandwich. Because, like I said, they've kind of transitioned into being a very kind of grab-and-go, greasy spoon place. And so kind of everybody knows that, like, if you want a sandwich... You can pretty much get eggs anywhere you want, and a bagel is going to be fifty cents extra. Otherwise, you get either toast or a croissant. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it is simply the place that, like, for people in the city, I think particularly, it's a place where you can always go and just grab a quick bite, and like, there's never, there's never that much of a crowd. You can always get your food in pretty quick. They they throw it in a in a brown paper bag and they send you on your way, and they have that kind of, uh magical to me of uh loving meanness that comes from a really great diet.
2: <laughs> is mm. the only way that I can describe it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a, there's a brusqueness, which, which yes. is, you know, still, still carries love in its heart.
1: Yeah. And so that is, that is a, a prominent feature in the rust district is like, and I think it, it, it is, I think it is the spot that, uh, it's the spot that it's 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 the local spot, right? I think it's it's the spot where it's the spot where you go if you know the neighborhood, right? Like which is kind of why it's addresses around the corner, like it's the spot where if you if if somebody from out of town is like, "Where can I grab a bite?" it's, "Oh, the Steam whistle diners around the corner." Like it is the mm. spot that is like kind of ingrained in your memory.
2: Yeah. It's it's a staple in that way. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Um well, we've laid a couple of cards down. Um, we have, you know, we've got a diner, we've got some some bureaucracy, we've got a lot of the things that a city needs. Um, but we're missing one of the big things that a city usually needs, which is um, a name. Uh, Are missing a name? Do we do we feel like we have a a read on this city enough to to name it right now? Um, if we don't have a name, we can let it kind of arise organically during play but but if anything is jumping out i'm getting a vibe
1: but i don't know that i have a name fully yet mm-hmm. and 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 here's my here's my uh my vibe check the vibe that i'm getting like among the uh, in addition to like, the adjectives that we've laid down is that like it is a city that has a generational quality to it and it is a city that has not just history but like a a a a generational a transitional a um leg- legacy is not quite the right word but i'm not quite sure what is like it is a, a city that is defined as much by the passage like it feels the, so far it feels defined by the passage of time
2: Hmm. i like that that's really interesting um if i can if i can pitch you on something yeah Is this city perpetually autumn? Is this a city that, you know, does, do we see, oh no, we, we, I guess we would see a regular or change of the seasons if we're, you know, seeing, seeing seasons in that way. Um, Maybe it's different shades of autumn though. Like, you know what I mean? Like we had talked about, we had talked
1: about that. um, We talked about when we were sort of describing the adjective of bright of like, there are different types of autumnal and maybe it, it is forever autumnal and the closest it gets to seasons are like going through those different shades right it goes from kind of cool and crisp and and colorful with the golden leaves to that kind of uh, brownish late autumn early winter kind of grime and like it cycles among those but it never it's never green and sunny. To put it to 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 kind of it's never it never feels summery.
2: Yeah, or if it does, it's you know, two two weeks out of the whole year. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's like it's a a
1: Tuesday where it's eighty and sunny, and everybody's like, "What is this? This is I was not expecting this at all," and it's like the talk of the town.
2: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. I I like that. I like that. There's this there's still a a feeling of of transience and of mm-hmm. moving through time but it's not so so varied and so vast as to kind of fully encompass um the the turn of the the seasons in a full way and the other thing that kind of first off transience
1: is a great word i think that's kind of the vibe that i'm getting from it like and the other thing that kind of it feels to me like uh, a lot of this and I think the autumnal energy really carries this is this is a city is it isn't. And maybe this is saying like a very similar thing, but I think it's a, it's a similar but important distinct thing is this is a city that is, has roots in the past. Like it's not, it is, it, 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 it is, or rather has or rather like part of its identity is that it, is not what it was, for lack of a better way to put it. You know what I mean? Like, there's this energy of, there's this energy of, like, it was something and now it is something else. There's a, there's a change. There's a changing element to this city that feels important to me that I'm really excited about.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Can I, can I pitch you on a name? Cause I think there was something Please. you said that, that sparked an idea. Um, Please. Is this the city of Uproot? Uproot's really good, fuck. <laughs> Uproot's very good. Yeah, you, you were just talking about how it is simultaneously rooted, but also, also changing. And it, 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 I don't know, it just, it just feels like it clicks. It does, it feels right. Um. Okay, so. Now we can, we can jump in a little bit more. Um, the basic overview of a round, now that we've sort of laid this foundation, is that we're going to start. Um, we're going to start with one player declaring a compass, which is like a, a theme or a subject of exploration for this round, And then we're going to wander the city for a little bit, uh, spending some time exploring, you know, neighborhoods or landmarks, or adding residents to the table. Um, and all of the cards that we add during the round are connected to the compass. Um, and then we're gonna close out the round by holding an event, which is just a a chance to take on you know perspectives of the city and see the way that it it changes around us. Cool, I love that. Um, I have a compass, if you don't mind. For sure, uh, I'm just gonna. I'm... Um, oh, go ahead.
1: I was gonna say I, I have a compass, something that like in talking or in in as we were kind of describing sort of the mood and the feelings we were getting. There is something that really like struck me that I, I want to kind of immediately explore a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, compass and and a compass is just a thing to kind of keep us moving in the same direction, like keep us ground, like keep it keep 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 each round sort of focused on something. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I really want to like focus on is, for lack of a better way to put it, like the here and now, and that feels perhaps like. Uh, on one level, that feels perhaps, like, obvious to say, like, we are exploring the city as it is now. But what I mean by that is more so, like, we've talked a lot. We've talked how this is a city that is generational and is historic and is a city with lineage and is there a city that has roots. I, I kind of want to know. I think we've kind of established a lot of that. So I'm really curious what it looks like. To people living there today, right? To very kind of like ordinary people living today in the here and now, like what it looks like, like what it looks like to live in the shadow of all of that sort of
2: history. Mm. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I think, you know, the here and now is is a great compass.
0: Hey, everyone, it's Brian. Just wanted to let you know that if you're enjoying this episode of Party of One, you might also like to hear my conversation with Jeff Stormer over on our other podcast, Talk of the Table. In it, we discuss how to find your next TTRPG, what we've learned about design from good and bad games, and Jeff even makes some recommendations for me that I am almost certain will appear on this podcast in the future. So go check out our episode of Talk of the Table wherever you get your podcasts. And with that, back to the show. It's the talk of the table.
2: So Jeff, my friend, you have the floor. Do you want to um, you know, starting with starting with you, we can go around and other either add another neighborhood landmark or or resident to the table?
1: I'm gonna add a, I'm gonna add a resident. The uh, residents are the inhabitants of the city who fill it with vivid and colorful life. Resident is always associated with a landmark. Mm-hmm. I am going to add a resident to. I'm trying to decide if I'd like them to be more tied. Ty- I think I I think I'm going to add them to the Steam Whistle Diner. I think is mm-hmm. is where I'm gonna add a resident because I think that uh, I I want to explore a little bit of the life of like an ordinary person living in living in the rust district
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and so residents have uh, similar to landmarks and uh similar landmarks and neighborhoods residents have a title which is a common name known to all uh they also have their pronouns and they also kind of have it's their title, their pronouns, and their true name. And similar to, similar to their, to Landmarks and Neighborhoods, their true name is, oh, oh aha, <laughs> this is editing. Um, so similar to Landmarks and Neighborhoods, residents have a true name. However, unlike Landmarks and Neighborhoods, residents' true name is established through collaboration during a short vignette scene in which you and I will both participate. So we're both going to kind of build out a little bit of the life of what this person looks like in a short scene. And then we'll determine their true name from there. Yeah. All right. So. I think that I am going to name them. I'm going to name them, uh, Sharif tall blossom. Love that. And their pronouns are, uh, she, they pronouns. And, uh, she is a, uh, the, the, the background that i want to give is she is someone who every every day gets a uh, cinnamon raisin toast gets a bacon egg and cheese on cinnamon raisin toast sandwich from the steam whistle diner at a re- like around uh, probably about an hour before lunchtime like she uh, they they run up they 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 beat the lunch rush by about an hour and they that's the sandwich that they get it's their standard order and they are always um I get the vibe that they're always like on the move, right? Like 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 it's always give me the usual. Uh I've already got like exact change. I picture that they have exact change in their hand. They know exactly what it's gonna cost. Mm-hmm. If if the price goes up by a quarter, they like it throws off their entire day.
3: Mm-hmm. But I
1: think the price has literally never gone up that quarter, so they just have it like memorized to the memorized to the millisecond they know this inner they know this interaction to the exact like quarter second and they are always like timing it out to that exact
2: second can i can i ask something it seems like the steam whistle diner is a place that you know has a a steadiness to it um would you say that sharif has gotten to the point where you know everybody there knows her order already. Like she doesn't even have to say it. She just comes in at the same time and it's, it's a I, a routine exchange
1: for sure. Very much. So I think it is. And I think it is, it is the kind of routine where uh, the, the, the cooks at the, the cooks of the diner, the, the, the woman behind the counter, like they know at like ten fifty start fr- like, start, start scrambling those eggs. Mm-hmm. They know at like, they know to start toasting the the cinnamon raisin toast at about ten fifty five. Like they they know the timing to do it, and that way the they're just literally like at this point it's 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 a it's a gust of wind happens three fifty is left on the counter and the bag with the sandwich is not there anymore.
3: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And like exactly enough interaction has happened where like it is a friendly. Like where like the, the, the woman behind the counter is smiling cause like for there was like a, a quick joke that was made, but like it happened so quickly, you'd swear it didn't happen.
3: Hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean I feel like that that in and of itself is the scene. I would love to maybe just complicate this a tiny bit by saying yeah. um maybe if we if we frame this a little bit filmically, um we we have we see that interaction taking place. Is there somebody like out of town at the counter who who sees that interaction and um you know asks the the woman at the counter um who who's that person who, who just showed through they didn't even um they didn't even say anything you have a bit of a rapport or...
1: and I think um I think that the I think their response is um uh i I think I think her uh, her response, the woman behind the counter's response, is something to the effect of Oh yeah, we well, didn't you didn't you didn't hear? Like we chatted, we caught up, we 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 knew we'd figured out you know, she she let me know what was up. Like they, they gave me the they gave me the inside deets, uh you know, they just they're busy and so I get their food order. This is their their they're the, the most regular of regulars, you know I the, 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 if if something's new, they'll stop and tell me. But nothing's ever new with them. Mm. And and it's this it's this element of like this person from out of town sees this, and I think there's almost to this person from out of town a level of defensiveness, right?
3: because mm.
1: mm-hmm. yeah. like this is kind of like a fun, like chill, like a fun like place, and to have this person like blaze through there, it feels almost it feels almost rude or dismissive. Like you're not stopping and acknowledging this very kind of charming diner. But the second they kind of push on it, uh, it's, it's, oh yeah, no, no, fine. They're fine. They'd stop and tell me if there was something new, but there's nothing new going on with them. So they're on their way. I don't want to, I don't want to slow them down.
2: Mm -hmm. That's, that's Sharif. Yeah. I love that so much.
1: I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm going to, I'm going to propose that, that their true name, is if something was new, and I'm going to put it in quotation, I'm going to propose that their true name was the quote. If something was new, they'd stop and tell me. Yeah, that, that is I, them. That's them in a nutshell. Like if something was new, and I think that is that, that holds true across every part of their life, that they're, they're moving, they're always moving. And if something is new, they'll stop and tell you.
2: I love that. Uh, that's, that's great. A big fan of Sharif. Um, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a good character already. Um, I've I've got right. a a response to this compass then. Um, All right. If we're thinking about the here and now, um, I mean the 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 thing about the here and now is that you have to have somebody who's who's keeping track of the here and the now. So I think I'm going to introduce a landmark in the hallowed halls. Which is uh one of the the local newspaper, maybe. Oh, of course. You gotta have a local newspaper. Yeah. And I think that the name of this this newspaper is uh the Paisley Press Gazette. It's very good. It's very, very good, is the thing. Mm-hmm. For its address, I think this is it's it's a building that is it's in the hallowed halls. It's pretty low down. I think it's it's, you know, partially underground, um, their their offices. Um, but they still get a decent amount of light, uh, through the windows. Mm. It's it's the kind of space where I think as you're as you're walking along the streets in the hallowed halls, um, there's you know a glass window pane, and you can look into it and you can see that it's not um it's not uh at the same level like if you look in you'll see okay there's there's a floor that is you know six feet ten feet like a full story down um and the light still still goes through um so so it's it but it still has light is the thing it's still. You know, relatively to bright place, uh, and I think that the the Paisley Press Gazette is, I mean, it it has a little bit of it has a history in that it's it's been around mm-hmm. for a while, um, but it's still very much in the here and now. Uh, I think, you sure, know, they're they're doing contemporary news like this. This is a a legitimate and and really you know professional and and a a a newspaper that has the the qualities of of true journalism to it um yeah i think the one thing that sticks out from that is um you know as this this passerby you know whoever is is walking down the street can see um you can look in at at the corner of you know two two streets in the hallowed halls um there's there's one corner where there's two two really big open window panes that meet, um, and as you look down into the the inner workings of the gazette, there's just a really old printing press. Um, I think everything about this space is contemporary except for the one thing that they use to actually print the news. Mm. Um, like it's it's just an old old printing press and and you know there's there's spinning wheels and and mechanisms and and the the mechanics of that are are kind of constantly shifting um but but other than that you know perfectly you know run-of-the-mill gazette run-of-the-mill newspaper um really really straightforward otherwise I love that.
1: I love that a lot. I guess uh, my one question for you,
3: Mm
2: -hmm.
1: as we're thinking about the Paisley Press Gazette, um, is this a, the only way that I can, I can, I I think I can ask this is uh, using pop culture examples. What's the level of funding and like um, financial support that the press has? Are we thinking, is this a, is this a daily planet or is this a daily bugle?
2: I think it leans a little bit closer to, to the bugle. Um, it's not, it's not massive. Um, it, you know, has a a handful of consistent journalists. Like it's, it's, it's the kind of place that isn't struggling. Um, but it is, it's small, but it's not small in a way that, you know, we, we have to worry about downsizing or, or laying somebody off. Got it. There's it the, is the quintessential small town newspaper. Yeah. Quintessential is a really good Got word. Um, I think that might be part of its turn name. I think its turn name is the printing press is the only thing old about it. And uh, quintessential. I love that. That's, that's, that's absolutely fantastic.
1: I think I'm going to add a landmark as my other, as my other part of our compass, I'm going to add a landmark and I think I'm going to add it to the rust district. Hmm. I think I'm going to add our landmark to the rust. I'm going to add the landmark to the rusted district where I think I want it to be. Cause I think, um, I think what is what, what the other part of the here and now that like, I want to, to learn about by kind of, uh, by learning about a place a little bit. And this one might be one that I, I throw a few more questions your way as we kind of flesh this out is I think this is the, um, I'm gonna call this the um I'm gonna call this the the, the grapevine Gardens. Mm. I'm gonna call this the grapevine Gardens uh Office Collective. and I think it's um its address is uh its address is wherever there's open business space. I think that the the Grapevine Gardens office collective is like a series of working spaces that have been that have populated a lot of these uh these abandoned factories and these abandoned kind of office spaces these abandoned workspaces have been converted into like very different kinds of of office spaces which kind of like I think captures a little bit of that like transitional nature right like that these are these are these big giant open old factories with catwalks and walkways and you look down a level and you kind of see, and they've kind of been converted into like, uh, individual offices have been kind of plastered over, or like torn down and rebuilt. And like one factory might be like six or seven, very small. I think there's very small. And I, I think they are very good, like small and bespoke businesses, I think is kind of like the businesses that, that, take up residence in the Grapevine Gardens, right? Mm. Like it's very, it is, I I don't think there are any, and this might be a question for you. I don't think, at least not in Grapevine Gardens, I don't get the vibe that there are any huge chains or uh, big giant like legacy companies, at least not in Grapevine Gardens. And I think the question that I might have for you is like, do we picture those kind of like giant mega- Mega businesses like existing and uproot or is it does it hew much more towards a small like six person like we're a six person uh you know catering company operation
2: yeah yeah i I'm definitely envisioning a lot more of the latter um mm-hmm. I could see you know there's there's a a company that's a little bit larger and has like an uproot branch maybe. Um, if okay, the yeah pun, I can see that but um but yeah i don't I don't necessarily see it as a place that is ensconced in you know corporate or or you know retail or you know even chain restaurants i don't, I don't think that there's um yeah it, i
1: I get the same kind of vibe where it it is a lot of a lot of of smaller up upstart i think is a good good I mean, I, it's a term that I don't like in, in the real world, but Uh in the world of uproot, like upstart feels like a good way to describe a lot of the businesses that exist and especially kind of exist in the, in grapevine gardens of like, it's like a group of collaborators have formed, uh, like have formed a company that like a bookbinding business and they have their tiny, like two room office space and it's like adjacent to a bagel shop and adjacent to a really nice tapas restaurant.
2: Yeah. I think the thing that I'm really really gravitating toward here is um you know, this is still business but it's not corporate in that way. Like yeah. you said bookbinding and I was like, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like it's not this isn't it's not upstart in the way that like a Silicon Valley, you know, for for people around a a, a set of computers, um, is right. Upstart. Yeah, I I really like the the image of you know uproot is a place where people work with their hands,
1: and I think that kind of points me towards a true name that I like a, a, a vision an experience like an experiential true name that I really love, which is. Um, See, let me try to think about like, it, there. it's like, a, it's a specific experience that like, I'm just going to kind of write it out. It is window shopping through, window shopping inside a giant concrete environment.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Because of this idea that like I absolutely adore of like, these are small bespoke businesses that are kind of offering like crafts and tiny services and like you know artisan artisan food and i picture there being a lot of that kind of other that it being a thing where like these factories that get converted it's very much the 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 opposite of what you might see in like a city in in sort of our world of like you know you have the the nameplates and you have and like a security guard's like which 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 nameplate are you going to this is like you go into this giant factory, like industrial warehouse mm-hmm. and there's like 15 tiny offices and on their windows, they kind of advertise a little bit of what they do. And you kind of, I think that that, that, that it's almost, it's almost evocative of a craft fair is yeah. the, 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 the vibe I get walking among the, the grapevine gardens is like you walk through and like you stroll and you, 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 you go, ah, uh, I'm just, I'm looking for a, you know, it's, it's, I'm looking for a gift to let me hit grapevine gardens and stroll a few storefronts and find what I'm looking for.
2: It's, it's Artist Alley. Yes.
1: Yes, that's a, yes, that is exactly, that is exactly
2: what it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you don't necessarily know, like, it's, it's a collective, they, they move around, like, you might end up with a a bar of soap. You might end up with a a really nice basket. Um, it, what what which which wares and which businesses are around might might rotate and might change, but you can always yeah. guarantee that there's going to be something. Oh, this that's that's cool as hell. I love that. That's super good. I love that. I adore it. Um, well, to close off this compass. Um, I just want to double check on time. I know that, uh, the, the Zencaster says we're at an hour and seven minutes. Yeah, that's about what I've got as well. Okay. Um, you said we're, we're shooting for hour and a half. Somewhere in around 90 minutes. Yeah. Cool. So I'm, um, I just want to, I, I reckon that with, um, this, this last one and with the event that we probably won't have time to get to a second compass. Uh, so I'm just thinking about what we want to get to from from that end. Uh, we could do we could do a second shorter. If we could do an event and then wait how many? Yeah, like we've maybe done a second
1: shorter round of like one one each? an event.
2: Yeah. I, I think that seems reasonable. Yeah. I I yeah, I, I don't want to overstretch on your time, but I also don't no, have to No, no, no. I'm, I'm, so.
1: I'm loving this. I think that yeah, I think that I, I appreciate I appreciate that consideration. And I think that if we do
2: um, I think we have, do, is that four or does that, did we do four or did we do three? We did four. Um, I mean, the other thing is I would, I would be happy to kind of close out with this, um, with an event and then do three for the next round so that it's three and three. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that sounds great. Cool. Yeah. In that case, we can, we can play it a little bit, a little bit fast and loose with the rules here um what would you like to to do for our event to close out this compass of the here and now i'm thinking let me read a little bit about events
1: to kind of get an idea because i have a thought and i might want to like push on it a little bit so uh, i'm going to create an event that changes and alters the city in some way it should be related to the compass that we set up at the beginning of the round or to a card that was played in that round it's a good way to tie up loose ends um, it is connected to a neighborhood landmark or resident um i think that the event that i want to 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 lay down is um we kind of briefly is is tying into that sense of um i think the event that i want to lay down tying into an element of the here and now that i think is interesting and like we've set up some really interesting pieces of the here and now and the event that I want to tie is to the Paisley Press Gazette. I want to set up and I'm trying to think of how I want to I want to set it up to be um it's the it's it's the it's the it's the mayoral it's it's just called like the mayoral the mayoral meeting scandal. Ooh. And I think it is it is it is an event, you know, it is a it is tied to uh, it's actually i'm gonna pluralize that and say it's the mayoral meetings uh scandal it is it is tied to the the idea is that it is um the the Gazette has broken a report about a series of backroom meetings that like the mayor has this has been like a tradition that has gone back that has just kind of been exposed of various uh various sort of very high level, um, like, and kind of like things like price fixing, right? Like things of like mayors getting into the pocket of businesses and doing these things. And it just being this like long-running tradition. And because the thing that interests me is this idea of like this here and now, this life that kind of lives in these shadows. What happens when an element of that history kind of crashes into it? mm. And that is what really interests me. So the idea that the Gazette has uncovered this evidence of this long-running thing that has, like, ingrained itself within the history of the city that, like, we weren't even necessarily aware of as residents of the city yeah, is very interesting
2: to me. That's fascinating. And, I mean, talk about gritty. Uh, if, we're, if we're thinking about the, the adjectives, like, that that juxtaposition mm-hmm. is, is really exciting. Um, and it's it it's it's yeah, and
1: it's that it's that really nice juxtaposition of like we've created like a really bright and engaging and like positive like all of our places are that, and so this element of like this really kind of dark subtext to it has just sort of been blown open. Like, is what I'm here for.
2: Yeah, now I love that. Um, so we've got we've got the event. Um, And now we get to respond to it by, by taking on voices of the city. Um, So in, we're going to go around and rather than kind of responding to this as specific residents, uh, we're just gonna, you know, take on the myriad perspectives and viewpoints of the community, um, especially those who might be impacted by the event. Um, And each of us can either ask a question about the, you know, the origins, implications of the event, uh, state an opinion that some people in the community might hold toward it, or show a consequence in a sentence or two of people in the city reacting. And I think I'm going to start by showing a consequence. Uh, and I think the consequence I want to pitch is, I think, um, I mean, you mentioned price-fixing as, as a sort of scandal. I think that... Uh, grapevine gardens small business collective um i don't think they were impacted but i think they go on strike in solidarity for the people who were i like that i like that uh, i'm gonna state an opinion mm-hmm.
1: specifically um it is held by i think it is held by elder members of the community something that like our our kind of landmarks and uh people and residents like our landmarks and residents haven't really heard a lot from. And I think that an opinion of that is like, yeah, a lot of these factories maybe could have stayed, stayed pumping like a lot, like a lot of these factories have shut down. And who is to say that, you know, if these meetings had not happened, right. If, you know, there's like, if, if some of these meetings had not happened, maybe some of these old factories that, you know, gave a lot to the community at a certain point might still be here. Mm. And I, th- and I think that there's, there's, that opinion is held among people that used to kind of work at those
2: factories. Yeah. Oh no, this just made me sad. I got sad. Well, I, I, I think that
1: like the nice part about it. Mm-hmm. And this is, this is the, this is the, this is the fantasy that we can put in Uproot. Mm-hmm. Is like, tying to the event is, like, that they blew this open, and, like, we can kind of just authorially state, like, consequences are enforced on this, right? Like, yeah. that, like, harm was caused, but, like, you know, the press blowing this open has sort of forced the hand of people to kind of own this in a way
2: that I think is, is,
1: I need, in a way that I need that to play
2: out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... So, I mean, we, we started the event, we can wrap it up and you do have the final say on the event. Um, how do we kind of, we started with this opening. Um, do you want to give us a shot of, of seeing those consequences kind of unfold or, or seeing that in action? Uh, yeah,
1: absolutely. Cause I know the exact vignette that I want to play out a little bit, the closing visual. Um. What happens is we're at the Steam Whistle Diner, mm-hmm. and um, our our out of town friend is like trying something entirely different—one of those dishes that nobody that nobody that is a local would try. Mm-hmm. And so, like they're getting they're getting like the uh, they're getting like the fruit smoothie or something, something that you just know you're, you're not going to get from the Steam Whistle Diner. Mm-hmm. And um, they see Sharif come in, and they see her like. And they, they kind of, like, for the first time, they kind of just, like, give her the customary nod. But for the first time, they see her stop at the counter. And, like, she's got, like, a humongous, like, legal pad in her hand just covered in stuff. Yeah. And her shoulders just sag. And she's like, we gotta talk. <laughs> I have got, I have got some news for you. And the, the woman behind the counter, like the 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 entire diner stops right like when they when they say like i've got news for you the entire diner stops and everyone looks up and they just start like breaking things down and like flipping papers and we just close out on them like rattling off all of these these things that are happening the the idea that of like this has forced so many things into motion Between between the 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 office strike and the the newspaper breaking it open and the political unrest that all of that has caused, like so much stuff is happening that Sharif is like, it's just is 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 telling stories.
2: Yeah. Oh, what a good image. What I love. I love closing out that compass. I mean, that that truly is the here and the now.
3: Mm hmm. Oh, that's great.
2: That's good as
1: hell. Do we want to do we want to go for another compass or do we want to leave it there? Um, I mean I, either one is perfectly good with me.
2: I'd I'd love to you know just see a little bit more of this city. I All mean right. we feel like we've we've set let's, such a good let's foundation do it. here. Um, let's do it. Yeah, and I'll I'll keep this one um a little bit a little bit uh open ended and say uh, I'm interested in wildlife and nature. Uh, sorry, I, I was typing while I said that. Uh, of no course. I'm interested in wildlife and nature. Okay. And I'm going to give us a neighborhood, uh, just because we've, I mean, we've we've done a lot with the Rust District and the Hallowed Halls. I'd love it to mm-hmm. do just a little bit more of a neighborhood, Um, and I think this is, um, it's a neighborhood that is not necessarily on the outskirts of town, um... But it's like there's there's a part of the town that is a mixture of residential and it has like a a natural quality to it. Like you there there's, you know, you you turn down a street and there's a row of houses and then you turn, Mm -hmm. you know, the next street over and it's like, oh, this one doesn't have houses. This is, you know, a, a set of trees. And then you you keep following that one and you turn and it's like, okay there is no road now. It's just a dirt trail. Um, and I, I think that there is a little bit of, yeah, that kind of, you know, foresty quality to it in, in the sense that this, there's, there's nature that has always been here and, and kind of coexists with it. Um, and I guess that's its sort of reputation. Um, and for the neighborhood, I'm going to say its title is, um... Uh maybe it's Oak Flats. Oak Flats is very good. I like Oak Flat Oak Flats is a good name. Um and I think for its true name um I don't know if any of the trees there actually are oaks. I think maybe it's it's almost kind of funnier if if somebody named it Oak Flats um and then afterwards realized, you know, so who whoever some an arborist looked at it and was like, "None none of these trees are are oaks."
1: Can I share with you a true, as, as, as you flesh that out, can I share with you a true Philadelphia story? Please. Um, so as in an effort to like green our neighborhood, mm-hmm. they probably like a hundred or so years ago, they planted a bunch of trees. They were like, we ordered a bunch of trees. We shipped a bunch of trees into the neighborhood. Like we're planting them. We're doing a huge initiative to like add greenery to our neighborhood.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: and it worked and like there are all kind there are trees like all over our neighborhood in West Philly however uh what they did not realize about these trees was that they are um the, i don't know the proper name of them mm-hmm. but i know that the uh the commonly accepted name is is uh shitberries hmm yeah because their berries uh, smell like uh, smell like defecation.. Mm-hmm. And they did not realize that. When they planted a bunch of baby trees, it took them, you know, 80 years until the trees were fully grown and producing berries to realize, then dropping onto the floor. Oh no. Oh no. So that is that is what that vibe gives me of like none of these trees are oak and that, that is the vibe that that element gives me of like of like we planted all of these beautiful trees oak flats is this lovely oak tree district and it's like well it's been two generations and those aren't oak trees. Mm-hmm. Those are those are pine trees.
2: Yeah. I will in that case I think I do need to, to qualify the true name of Oak Flats. Um none of these trees are oaks, but they sure do smell nice. <laughs> I like that. I do like that, yes.
1: <laughs> I, I was I, I felt like you would appreciate that 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 true true neighborhood
2: story. The true street magic. Mm-hmm. That 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 just radiates small town charm. Uh so I want to add,
1: I would love to add that, so that, that story partially, like, I want to add a landmark and I think I want to add it to the Rust District. Hmm. Along a very similar line. <clears throat> or maybe I, maybe I want to add it to Oak Flats. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. I'm going to add it to Oak Flats and I'm going to add it to be, um, I'm going to make it actually the um you know what I would like Oak Flats to have? And I'm just going to add this. I would like Oak Flats to have the Oak Flats boardwalk.
2: Oh, I love that. Tell me about the Oak Flats boardwalk, please.
1: It's it's along the river on the outskirts of town and it is um it is <sighs> It is like they, they built this – they built oak flats, right? They built out this beautiful thing and almost – like they planted all of these trees along oak flats. They created this whole space and as part of doing that, they they built a boardwalk, right? Like they, they planted the trees along this river mm-hmm. so that boats that were going by would see this beautiful, lush kind of garden scene. But – Real life doesn't like map out to sort of the um the painterly goal of this uh of the the city planners that kind of engineered Oak Flats. Yeah, you've got the, and the painting so, and
2: then you see the the kind of end result.
1: Yeah, like we see this beautiful paint and it's this beautiful nature scene, but like the reality is like so many people started coming to Oak Flats, it became such a popular spot among locals, among out of towners, that like a boardwalk pops up and it is a very kind of Boardwalky boardwalk. There are there are games. There are street food. There it is like a very kind of space that like I, th- I think you know there are the um the city of the the chamber of commerce types like the people of the hallowed halls or like the 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 bigwigs in the hallowed halls might bristle at the existence of the boardwalk. It's I don't get the vibe that it's something that they were like excited for. Hmm but i think it is it is the truest expression of like this is a space that has grown and this is what we have built on it right like it is um its true name is fun and games atop a top picturesque portrait of nature in that like people kept coming and people when people as people came people set up you know stands and food stands and all these things and it became this very kind of lively space that i think is not necessarily i don't want to say it's not like welcome because i think like you know it is it is what it is but i think it is not officially kind of ordained right like it was never part of the plan to have this kind of hopping swinging boardwalk and yet here it is yeah 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 and so if you were to see kind of a beautiful, like, oil painting now, like, it would be dappled with these little tiny drops of acrylic paint, which are all these lights and, mm-hmm. you know, carnival barkers and all these things that, like, dot this space that was supposed to be kind of lush and almost, I guess, conservationist, but has turned into this. And it creates a very different sort of picture, but it's a beautiful picture nonetheless.
2: Yeah. I I get an image of the... You know the melancholy of of going to the boardwalk on the last day of summer, um, except it's always the last day of summer, because you know we're we're kind of perpetually in in this autumnal energy.
1: Yeah, I love
2: that. I love that a whole lot. Um, what a what a great what a great landmark. Um, I've got a resident. Okay, and I think this resident is is well known. Uh, I think that she lives in the the Providence Clock Tower Garden. Um, mm-hmm. and I I do specify that she she lives in the Providence Clock Tower Garden because I think this resident uh, this resident is Big Whiskey the Goose.
1: The, here's the thing about playing this game on the Google Doc is that I can watch these things slowly fill in the Google Doc and I have to contain my joy until you say them out loud. <laughs> mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Please tell me about Big Whiskey. Please tell. I've never wanted to to know more about anyone that I want to know about Big Whiskey the Goose.
2: Big Whiskey the Goose is a a massive goose. Um, you know, a Canadian goose. Like I would say, you know, average. They they typically average what? A couple couple feet tall. Like two feet. I I don't know (laughs) how tall a goose. Like yeah, like two feet tall. Big Whiskey is significantly larger than that. Big Whiskey is. Um, I mean, she, she earned her name because she is, um, I want to say three and a half, four feet tall, um, Mm -hmm. massive wingspan. I think she has, um, there is, there is a particular spot in the Providence Clock Tower Garden that, uh, at some point, um, the, the gardeners, the landscapers set up a, a, an arrangement of flowers and they were you know halfway through as maybe as the the garden was being constructed um they had to leave it overnight and they came back in the morning and big whiskey the goose was sitting there um and they have not been able to take that that nest uh that 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 place away from her uh, i think that there's a particular spot that is hers um and you know, as long as people live and let live um she's fine uh, she's she's not liable to to attack anybody or or do the things that gooses are want to do um as long as nobody you know and she's yeah. she's very much a you stay in your space and I will stay in my space and and as long as we 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 don't have to have any problems here um but I think the thing that is true about big whiskey is that everybody in town or anybody who's who's spent time in the garden um has a story or a rumor or a legend or some some personal experience uh some some opinion of big whiskey the goose um and i would love to maybe just like rapid fire a couple of of rumors or or some some hearsay about her
1: um big whiskey if you ask if you ask the people uh if you ask the people uh, behind the counter at the Steam Whistle Diner, they swear Big Whiskey has a regular order. No one has ever seen her leave the Clock Tower Garden, but like <laughs> you ask, you ask for a Big Whiskey, like they they know the sandwich that you're asking for.
2: mm Hmm. Hmm. Um. I think that. Um. I mean, did you hear that that after the the mayoral meeting scandal? Um. The the mayor like was was I think this was like two weeks after was was seen just wandering the garden in in melancholy and despair and and Big Whiskey chased him off. That's what I heard, at least. I, I heard that. I did hear that. I,
1: I heard specifically. I heard that like. So I have a friend, my friend's cousin swears that this is true. That, like, if you go to the garden after they close it at the end of the night, you'll just see Big Whiskey, like, cleaning up. She might run the garden. We're not actually sure.
2: That's that's funny that you mentioned that, because, um, did you hear that? I mean, I heard that the reason that, that she won her name was because, um, somebody, you know, as a prank, um... Brought brought some you know brought some whiskey to the garden and and challenged her to a drinking drinking con- contest and uh, I heard that that was how um, how she earned her name she she drinks everybody under the table and that is actually the reason that alcohol is is banned in the in the clock tower garden that's what I heard <laughs>
1: see I heard it's just because I heard it's just because she's so particular about alcohol, like, if you bring the wrong alcohol, like, if you bring the wrong beverage, she will, like, peck it out of your hands. Like, if you, or if you make a drink wrong, like, if you put, if you put too much, uh, too much grenadine in a Manhattan, she will just, like, peck your hand until you drop the glass and spill it. She'll make you start it over. Is that I she's why, just a real snob.
2: Is that why there's all those glass shards around her nest? Is that, that what? that
1: that might be that might be why there's all those glass shards
2: i mean i i keep i keep feeling like you know somebody needs to do something about those glass shards but i don't know maybe maybe you said that if if she's the one who's who's running the garden maybe she's she's keeping those those shards yes. around for a reason it might be what she that might be what she's what she's doing there and i think i mean i feel like that that tells me everything that we need to know about big whiskey um for True Tales, or for True Name, I'm going to say uh, Tall Names for a Taller Goose. I love it. I adore it. I adore <laughs> it so much. Tall Tales, yeah. Tall Tales for a Taller Goose. Um, and I guess that we have an event here. Um, just to, to close us yeah. out. What, what, what's, what's the event? I think that the event is... I mean, I just sort of keep coming back to To the Oak Flats boardwalk um, and I mean we know that, that Uproot is sort of perpetually in this this constant autumn um, but I think even despite you know the, the autumnal quality you know it still has a turn of the seasons uh, and that mm-hmm. does mean that it still has a harvest season um, and I think that at the you know when it's time to to celebrate like true autumn um the the time of year when it's it's really time for harvest um and and for the people who who garden to to kind of gather in that way um there's a a festival that that's held along the oak flat boardwalk um and i think it's yeah the the boardwalk harvest festival uh, and i think it i love it i think it takes place. Um, at, it's, it's a week-long thing. It's a week-long event, but it takes place, um, it doesn't take place during the day. It takes place, um, at sunset each day, and it runs, um, just a couple hours into the evening. Um, and, and it's a whole family affair. Like, this is, it's an event that, you know, starts, um, every, every day has, has different proceedings, but, um... It's the kind of thing that, you know, if you miss one day, there's, there's always going to be something the next. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's generally just a good time. Um, yeah, for sure. Uh, do you want to take on a voice of the city here?
1: I would love to, because I have a very specific consequence. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is that there is absolutely a harvest parade. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't always a harvest
2: parade. Can I can I get you on something? I don't want to oversay. Yes. It. Is it a is it a, a are there floats that go along the river or is it on the street? It
1: is on the river, and it is on the river to commemorate a recent like a thing that happened a few years ago. Like this is a, a much in the spirit of the of the boardwalk. This is a very impromptu thing because because a few years ago, like after the boardwalk festival, kind of. It became a thing. Mm-hmm. Something happened a few years ago that was like a, a hugely magical thing. That now there is like a tiny parade that uh, that honors this tiny event that is related to the harvest festival.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's called the Whiskey River Parade mm-hmm. because, for one for for some reason, big whiskey floated down that river by when the festival was happening. Didn't interact with anybody didn't do anything just floated down that river and now there is a small parade uh that traditionally she will be at the front of and like this parade will kind of come behind her as they just float down the river
2: oh that's that's wonderful
1: absolutely delightful so it's the whiskey river parade is a is a treasure is a new but treasured part of the of the of the oak flats harvest festival
2: yeah and I think the, you know, there's, there's, I'm just thinking, thinking through voices of the city here. I think this is one of the few aspects of Oak Flats boardwalk that, um, I mean, we've established that there's a a bit of, you know, the, the, the knobs and the hollowed halls sort of turn their nose up at, at this space a little bit, um. But I think that this is, the, you know, even though it is at times even more bustling than usual, um, this is one of those events where they're willing to kind of put aside some of their, their begrudging nature and truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I mean, it, I adore it. it. There there might be a little bit of a quality of like, okay, it's it's drawing in a lot of commerce like even from from out of town like there there are people who come in from out of uproot to to come and attend um, and there there might be some you know implications for why why people are willing to to put aside their their frustration um but I think that it is for for whatever reason it is whether whether their intentions are pure or a little bit, motivated by by its its financial success um, i think that this is one of those those things that some of the people in the hollowed halls are able to look at and and appreciate a little bit
1: i love it i adore it so so much um i'm i'm absolutely giddy i i feel like that might be game i think that might be game and I, i'm so giddy because this was so so fun and i think that's uproot
2: which is, I mean, certainly- I think that is the city of Uproot. It's crisp, it's bright, it's gritty. What more could you ask for? What more could you ask for? This was,
1: this was everything that I wanted it to be and then some.
2: I'm so glad to hear that. Jeff, thank you for having me on.
1: Thank you for coming on the show and playing this game. This was so absolutely delightful.
2: Mm-hmm. Truly. Ah. Uh, <sighs> Well, real quick,
1: before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online?
2: Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sea Excursion, spelled S-E-A Excursion. Uh, You can support my work at itch.io or on Patreon, also at Sea Excursion. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was such a blast. And for now, I'm going
1: to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Caro for coming on the show. That game was... Like, I'm not kidding when I say this is one of my favorite games, and like playing that with you just now was like such a reason why it is like I adore this game so much and I'm so grateful that we got to play it together. Like I said, you can pick up your own copy of I'm sorry, did you say Street Magic? Uh, currently on sale from March 10th until March 13th. That is 25% off at cexcursion.it.io/streetmagic. Uh, be sure to pick up your own copy and be sure to check out all the other things Kara was working on. They actually just released a really amazing looking bundle of beam saber playbooks with Ben Roswell, who is another one of my favorite game designers. So I'm like fucking super hyped for it. Um, yeah, go check out all their stuff. Go follow them on Twitter at sea excursion. And then while you're on Twitter, follow us at party of one pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash party of one podcast, head to our discord at bit.ly slash party of one discord, head to our merch store, at bit.ly slash party of one merch. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a nice iTunes review or a podchaser Chaser review. Leave us some love on social media. Tell a friend about the show. All of these things help people find the show and helps us do bigger, better, and cooler things. You can also support the show financially at patreon.com slash JeffStormer or ko-fi.com slash JeffStormer. Or I think that's all the thing. No, you can support the other podcast that I produce every week, All My Fantasy Children. A character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast on the shot Podcast Network powered by you. Every week, my best friend Eric Catano and I take a listener-submitted prompt. We spin it into an original fantasy character and we populate a shared universe called fantasy one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at oneshotpodcast.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by MegaRan featuring the D&D Sluggers. And the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, press coverage of the show, or about coming on the show as a guest, shoot me an email at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And I, I think that's it. I think that's all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the force of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on everybody.
0: If you're hearing this, that means you listen to every last second of this episode. If you're not caught up yet, that's great because then there's plenty more to listen to. But if you are caught up and you simply can't wait for the next episode, then you should head on over to patreon.com slash and become a member of the dice pool for just a few bucks a month. You'll get cast talkbacks, original games, and a full length bonus actual play each and every month. As of the end of 2023, there is already over 20 hours of bonus audio, plus a whole bunch of other goodies to enjoy. So head on over to patreon.com myfirstdungeonpod and jump into the dice pool. We'll see you there.